Happy text line Tuesday to the masses. And I promise today we're going to leave a little more room for the texters. 590-590. Get them in right now. Uh, it's good show. Ben Ennis, J.D. Bunkus. J.D. Bunkus, a vagabond. Uh, <laughs> so I thought the, the storm knocked your power out last night. No, you just had you just had apartment problems. How's it going? How you feeling? Bad. It's going bad. <laughs> I watched. It was funny. I So last night, I'm sitting there, obviously cranking the AC because mm-hmm. it's hot. It's so damn hot. And bang, power goes out. I actually know what to do because it's an old building and they've got these like old fuse boxes that are down in the basement of the building, you just have to swap out these cartridge fuses. An electrician buddy of mine walked me through it years ago. Hasn't happened in a long time. And we don't have a super in the building anymore mm. who used to take care of those things. Right. But now, you know, management company comes in and the working man gets pushed out. That's the way she goes. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing there. There's no recourse. It's nighttime. I can't do anything about it. I'm frantically looking at places where you can buy these things and hopefully get it done. Nothing's open. Can't do anything. Completely stuck. I got to say, this is a free plug. Rogers Ignite. Mm. Good job by you. Just fired that sucker on, watched it on my little phone, felt like a total peasant watching the Stanley Cup finals on a phone. Hockey's hard on a phone. Yeah, I would say. Baseball, uh, the easiest to, to watch yeah. on a phone. I think. Baseball on a phone Basketball is, behind dude, it, but hockey, the worst. Do you know how many times I have gone and done something and fired up a mid-afternoon Blue Jays game on my phone oh, and yeah. been the loser who is at the park or at the beach <laughs> or whatever? Who oh, that's me has with the, the kids. Yeah. My kids are falling off the playground equipment, breaking legs, and I'm like, one second, Vlad is yeah. up. It's a tie game. So... I still don't have power, which means that everything in my fridge and freezer are gone. Um, that is a shame. I drink like I have a smoothie every single day, so I got tons of frozen stuff in there. Mm-hmm. I should, and you know, I intermittent fast, and so I wasn't about to just scarf down the <laughs> ice cream that's in there. Everything <laughs> like I couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to it. I just sitting there hoping and praying, and I, I figure that they're gonna come out because I tell them, hey, I do this show from the apartment and. I, I could really use someone showing up here early. Nothing. Just no updates. Just they're, they're like, hey, you know, you, you don't have power, buddy. It's the hottest day of the year. You got to eat it. So, yeah, now I'm at a friend's house, um, vagabonding around the city. <laughs> got my bindle. Uninvited Walking guys. around house Maybe to house. <laughs> holding my change cup out, asking for AC. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 my morning could not have gotten off to a worse start, too, right? Because I woke up hot. Because I slept at home, no air conditioning. Air conditioning's all gone. Wake up hot, sweaty, disgusting. Have to get out of the house. Leave early. I don't. I haven't been to a place for a coffee in a really long time. And this is bad. I'm going to make an admission of something that I, I, I am ashamed to admit. I never go to a certain coffee establishment because they sold my Seattle Supersonics. We know. Long-time listeners of the show know exactly the situation, yeah. and I called you out once because you were forced into having it once before yeah. on the air. I can count how many times I've had it in my life since they sold the Sonics. Twice. Today being one of those days. Mm-hmm. I stopped in there. I just needed a strong coffee. I needed something. I needed a special mm-hmm. little treat, and I went in there, 
And obviously, like, I don't know where to stand in this place. I don't know how to order in this place. I don't know how to do anything in this place. And people are just kind of upset. There's this one lady who's like, are you in line? Are you doing this? Are you doing this? You got to stand over there. You got to do this. I, I felt like a complete idiot. So, yeah, I feel dumb. I feel displaced. I feel hot still. Sweaty, like I, yeah. I still haven't, despite disgusting. being in an air-conditioned room, I still feel hot and sticky. I didn't take a shower this morning or anything. No. I'm just gross. I'm just God. roaming around the earth, just disgusting like this. Mm-hmm. And the Habs won. Oh, I, yeah. I, I feel like I just, I'm dragging through L's. I've just been like, <laughs> someone made a ball pit of L's and yep. just chucked me inside of it. And I thought, oh, it's a, this is for children, this ball pit of L's. You know, I'll be able to get out of this. And it's, no, it's actually no. really deep. It's the world's deepest ball pit, just specifically for you and all the L's you got to hold. So, yeah, yeah it's that's like quicksand. Yep. God, that uh, lady was so rude, though. Like, it made me so justified to never go to that certain coffee establishment. She thought she was Mrs. Bucks, you know? She was, I'm Mrs. Bucks, and this is my place of Let's we'll just work. call it Sun Dollars. No, that's not better. That's not better. <laughs> anyway, I hate that place. I hate it so much. I'll never go back in there. It was awful. And everybody says venti. Like, ugh, yeah. it's a large. Oh, Why wow. do you have to be this way? Why do you have to pretend like we're something venti we're not Venti is an extra here? large. Grande is a large for my Whatever. Life. So you mind. say the biggest one. Go in there, all right, and say the big one. I want the big biggest gold. amount. Hey, I want a small. I want a medium. I want a large. And if they uh-huh. look at you and go, actually, it's a grande, then you leave <laughs> because oh. they don't deserve your business, okay? Uh, That's how that goes. Right. Anyways, let's, the Habs lost. That was the worst direct- part of all of it. That was the worst part of all of this. Habs won. I said lost, right, because I wanted them to deep down in my heart. The sweep would have been sweet. I'm torn because I want to watch more hockey, but more hockey involves the Habs. Um, <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, 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 ask me. Here's how it goes down. They're, I mean, on the verge of getting swept. They get their doors mm-hmm. blown off in game three. Everybody yeah. knows that one team is superior to the other. And oh, and the first period was just 11 how- to 1. Yeah. Eleven to one were the shots on goal, and then all of a sudden two posts I, on power plays against the absolute run of play. Uh, yeah. Nick Suzuki with a great feed in front, and Josh yeah, Anderson opens uh, opens the scoring, and it's one nothing. We know what happens after that. Back and forth, cannot protect the lead late in the in the third period. Have to kill off a four minute penalty mm-hmm. kill to the greatest as Elliot Friedman, the best power play this century. Luckily, the Montreal Canadiens have the best penalty kill this century. And then it's Josh Anderson, the hero again. Second time this postseason, he's had a two-goal game. And both of those games, he scored the OT, uh, OT winner. As the Habs now 4-0 when facing elimination. And yes, three of those coming against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, now three of those games coming in overtime. J.D. Bunkus, do you feel differently about the series today? I don't like that stat, the 4-0. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, you beat the Choker Leafs. It's one. You have one win facing elimination <laughs> against a real hockey team with a spine. Okay? Yeah, like, watching Tampa Bay play in these games where they have to win them and not ever letting up, essentially. They've had the game two, they weren't great, right? But game no. three, they came out and they stepped on throats. 
And game four, they went into their building and they did the same thing. They just got unlucky, right? Right. They when got was that li- Leaf start in games five, six, or seven? Bingo. Right. That's like it. The, it. Eleven to one. It's, it's not that they didn't score. They yeah. came out of the gates strong with the killer instinct, despite yeah. the fact they lost the game. That's it. That's it. Right. You just. You want to see some effort. You want to see some ability. You want to see something. And the Leafs never had that. That's why. I'm not even counting any of your wins against the Leafs because they're a joke. And so you beat the joke team. Congratulations. Is like You didn't do anything. Montreal, I will say, though, that one of the things I'm going to remember about them in this Cup Finals and one of the things I think will be how they get defined is resiliency. That they get that start and you feel like it should be a lay down and die. And I think clearly had Tampa scored the first goal, mm. they lose. And it probably becomes First lead of the series that yeah. Habs had in that game. So they get a spectacular play. But that's what they've done, right? They've made those spectacular plays. They've capitalized on the opportunities that they, that they generate. And that's been one of the... Habs attributes this offseason or this sorry this postseason I think they're tough they're just a, they're a tough team they've got a lot of gritty players they've got a lot of tough players and it's why when you ask me do I feel differently about this series yes because too much of this is storybook stuff where you think about how a narrative works and how it's a sports movie. The big bad team that no one could possibly beat in the Tampa Bay Lightning goes up 3 nothing, and there's Jeff Petrie at the podium saying, we got to win one game at a time. We got to win four in a row. It starts with this one here at home tonight. You win that game. You win it in overtime. You have the mayor of an opposing town as a villain saying, we'd rather win here. All the storybook stuff is lining up. So my brain does have that element of this would be just too perfect if Montreal stormed back. The reason I don't feel that different is because one, Tampa's just so clearly the better team, but two is also it's hard for me to envision a scenario where they even lose the next game and that group feels as though the pressure is on them quote unquote, right? Mm -hmm. Remember after the Suns loss to the Clippers in game six, or sorry, game five, mm-hmm. when we said, wow, now it's 3-2 and it's going back to Los Angeles and all the pressure's on the Suns and they haven't done it before and we got to see it. And hey, kudos to Chris Paul. He had the game of his life and it's his career-defining game now. But we were suspect of them because we weren't sure they could do it. I'm not, I don't feel the same way about Tampa. One, I feel like they're going to go home and win. But two is if they do lose, I feel like they're going to win game six. And if they lose game six, I still feel like they're going to win game seven. So... I want to hit on the first thing you said about resiliency. It's the thing that you most want out of your sports team, honestly. And it reminds yeah. me of the Raptors from a couple of years ago. They lose Kawhi Leonard. Everybody calling them, you know, leaving them for dead. And day after day, game after game, they just shut people up. And it didn't matter oh, the that score Raptors of the game. Team. Yeah, the you know the good one that got de- destroyed by the pandemic and Pascal Siakam not owning a basketball rim in his in his home might have undone them in the bubble and they mm-hmm. lose the Boston Celtics but they come back from like 30 points down against the Dallas Mavericks it's the it's the mm-hmm. most fun thing you can have in sports and it's what the Leafs obviously don't have but it's, a, it's just a team that believes no matter what the circumstances are 
that they're going to come back. And pretty clearly, the Montreal, nothing could happen. I mean, going down 3 0 to one of the historic great teams didn't do it. Going down 11 1 in shots in a potential closeout game four didn't do it. They're just the most resilient, and you cannot count them out until they are, in fact, dead and the stake is driven through their hearts. To the second mm-hmm. part of your thing about the Lightning, even after that game, not feeling phased, or even after losing a potential game. Uh, five at home and returning to Montreal for a game six, and then the, the the chatter starting to happen. All you have to do is look back a series ago. They had a chance to close out the Islanders in game mm-hmm. six. And then it's an all-or-nothing game seven, where you're $18 million over the salary cap against a fourth-place team in a, an opportunity to go to a, a Stanley Cup font. Like, it's it's they've been here before. They've faced adversity as well. So I'm I'm with you in that regard. I will just say that it's it's a little bit eerie to look at somebody posted the the expected goal differentials for the first 3 games of this series. Uh, sorry, first 4 games of this series now, and obviously they all lean heavily in favor of the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's eerily similar to the first 4 games of the Leaf series. And we all know what happened in that series. Different teams, obviously. Yeah. Cuz I just said it. One team is resilient, one team just won a Stanley Cup and one team is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. I'm just on high alert for this Montreal Canadiens team because they've made us count them out time and time and time again. And maybe they found something with Josh Anderson on a, a, a line that actually provides offense. That's the other thing I want to talk about quickly. Oh, two two quick things. Three. Three quick three quick things. <laughs> okay, yeah. Number no, one, you may, you're notorious for doing three quick things. Go ahead. Number number one is gonna be quick. I actually was happy that Tampa didn't score on the power play. It was obviously a brutal penalty by Shea Weber, but I am a, I, I really like Shea Weber. I think he's a badass, and he's the type of defenseman that I've always rooted for and that I've always dreamed of having on the Leafs. And just that's that's the type of guy that I love to have on a team. The dude who kills penalties, who's going to lay it all on the line, who's tough, who teams are terrified to go into the corners with, who has a huge bomb from the point, represents Team Canada, all those things, right? To have him be in the box and have Montreal lose at home on that, that, that immediately becomes the lasting image of that guy's career. I didn't want that. I don't hate Shea Weber. I I didn't want it that way for him. I actually got to say, there's no Canadians player that I loathe. Uh, there's not one guy on the team that I look at and say, man, I really hate that guy. I feel as though most Canadian hockey fans would look at most other teams and say, I don't like player X or Y. The Habs don't have that dude for me. Yeah, Maybe Sherratt, I would say. Sherratt. Sherratt. And if, if, if you were a fan of a team in the Western Conference, Corey Perry, I mean, you have that history. But yeah, it's... Too little. I've always been a Corey Perry guy ever since he won the Mem Cup. I, I've always been a Corey Perry guy. So you're right. Probably Corey Perry or Sherratt because of the way that they play. I respect the hell out of Brennan Gallagher, so there's definitely no hate there. But I didn't want to see it go down like that for Shea Weber. Number two is Carey Price was spectacular, and he. Ne- I, I'm sorry, he needed that game. Getting swept, and if he would have gotten the doors blown off him and then Tampa comes out and scores two of those first 11 shots and Carey Price has to limp out of this series having been swept and having a sub-900 save, those stats would have lived forever. I'm sorry, they would have. Everyone said that Carey Price didn't have to wear it, blah, blah, blah. We're always so afraid to talk about guys like that and say, 
anything disparaging about what their legacies could be. Carey Price, again, would have been an all-time good goalie, not one of the all-time greats. And having that on his resume would have been a... Like, what's better, making it to a Stanley Cup final or having that on the Stanley Cup resume where even your head coach was talking about how he's going to get the net on the, during the game because he hadn't been good enough, right? He had to give him the, the nod of approval. So amazing game for Price, huge game for him, and huge game for Montreal just to not have that marker of being swept for the first time since, what, 98? What was the Capitals, yeah. Red Wings? There was I, I don't remember that. It obviously was before my, my – it was during my formative years, but mm-hmm. there was four straight finals that were sweeps. Imagine living yeah, through wild. that era. Imagine yeah, living through no, that era. I, I do I do remember that era. Um number three, Josh Anderson and the contract. All I would say is this if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, year one success. You're in a Stanley Cup final and he's providing surplus value. He was the joke of social media for a day and a half with the Patrick Maroon clip. He was the joke of me on social media last night when Patrick Maroon (laughs) scored. But he does one thing very well, which is he lowers his shoulder and he drives it to the net. And that creates opportunities for a team that doesn't have a lot of guys who can create their own opportunities. And maybe... He doesn't have that. Maybe he does get hurt. Maybe – what? how old is Josh Anderson now? I want to say that he's like 20 – He's 27. Th- he five, 26? Okay, he's 27. He just turned 27 in May. If you can get – if you get this Stanley Cup run and you get three more years of that from Josh Anderson, three more years of this guy who every once in a while shows up as a streaky scorer who's, you know, big, strong, got some speed, got some hands – I just I think everybody I think a lot of people overreacted to that contract when it was first signed as one of the worst deals ever. And it's funny because when you look at the Habs right now, if there's a tie in between the three guys I just talked about, it's that everybody not I keep saying everybody. A lot of people <laughs> all said those were horrific contracts. And I'd love to see the Shea Weber horrible trade to the horrible contract. Carey Price, now horrible contract. Josh Weber, horrible contract. Pie chart of all the people that judge those things and now watching those three guys have three of the biggest impacts for this team on the biggest stage. Yeah. Uh, Anderson's postseason's been very strange, though, right? Like, he only has the five goals. Yeah, up and, and down. Six it's, been, it's been feast or famine. Yeah, absolutely. He's basically single-handedly won them two games, and like I said, both uh, like two games, two goal games. One in the Vegas series, one in the Stanley Cup final, where he scored in regulation and then in overtime. Outside of that, he has one goal, and that came in Game One of the Leaf series, the Game One of the postseason. That's a huge amount of drought outside of that, but he hasn't been put in a position to succeed offensively, and. Honestly, I, I got to give a lot of credit to Dom Ducharme yesterday for, I guess, like it's it's easier to be bold when you're down 3 nothing in a series to an all-time team. But removing Kasperi Kotkaniemi, who's turned into a postseason performer, mm-hmm. and mixing the lines up the way they did, and then getting the performance like you did from Evans, and then Anderson on his new line scoring two goals, and even Romanov with the the goal, I know... They were on the ice for a goal immediately after that that ties the game, but got to give him credit, man. Uh, 
and all of a sudden, you're not feeling great if you're a Tampa Bay Lightning fan because of the history of this team in this postseason, at the very least. You know what that music means. It's time to talk to Colby Armstrong. He's online right now. Uh, when you go to that coffee establishment, I actually, I assume Colby drinks coffee, although he, he doesn't seem like he needs it. When you go to the coffee establishment that has the green logo, Colby, how do you order it? Do you use the sizes that they tell you to use, or do you say small, medium, large? Yeah, do you have the guts to say large? <laughs> I do. I always ask them, uh, I always ask them, like, what sizes they have, and then I ask them to show me what it looks like, because I don't understand, like, the... <laughs> I'm like, like you sound like a coffee like, perv. Yeah. You're like, show me what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Pour it slower, slower. Do it slowly. Uh, yeah. No, I know. I, I think I could understand like large and medium a lot better, and I understand what it what it what they're trying to do. But I, uh, it still plays a trick in my brain where I'm like, I, yeah. I don't understand it. Like, I see how, I see, I see what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't even say that anymore. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. See you what it looks like. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> just guy peels out of the drive <laughs> Turns around in the shop and just bowls somebody over as he's ripping out of there in his trench coat with no clothes underneath. Like, yeah, 100%. That's you. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Like, do you do that only there? Like, do you go to McDonald's and you're yeah, like, you're no. like, can I see what the Big Mac looks Everywhere? like? Just, I want to see what it looks like. Yeah. No, I just don't know. Like, I just want to see. Like, it tricks my brain with the venti and the na- weird uh, names that you know. Dude, it tricks all of us. That's my I, point. Is just what? What yeah. are we doing here? Like, end it. End this madness. Just go. Just give me a large, this... a medium, and a small. Like, thanks God, for coming it, out. I know. Thanks. Do you really feel extra fancy because you say those words? Do we really feel, oh, feel like as though – I, you know who's the worst is the people who actually do feel that little bit of superiority going in there and knowing because they go in there all the time. <laughs> and they, yeah. they know how it's to order expensive. everything. And they – yeah, they know like what they have there for breakfast and what the different treats are the and everything, right? The and they, they know how to like navigate it and, and they do the special order where it's not just saying the words where they're like, and a shot of this and a loop of that. <laughs> and and you're just standing there like, I just came here because my brain doesn't work unless I pump it full of caffeine. I just want a hot drink in my hand. Is that cool? Like yep. hot big yep. drink. Bring me hot big drink. Caffeine like, drink. No. Yep. Then they're like, go somewhere else then. We don't want you here. And you're like, Ugh, and like when the people order their drink like that, like, like the like the real, you know, intricate one that they're very uh, proud of. Like they announce it so other people Foam. can hear them making out oh, like yeah, this sure. amazing order. Yeah. And then Old like milk. the look on their face after they're like, hey, that's right, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> like twenty five dollars, please. Yeah. yeah. Did I wheel up? I'm like, can I see the cups, please? (laughs) Put them next to each other. I want to see how how different they look side by side. Set up a display on the on the sneeze guard here, like yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I actually do remember the time when they were coming in, and there had to be like that education process. Yeah, like like you, you went in there and, and they would just kind of tell you, now there's no more patience. Now you're either in the cult or you're out, you know? You're just, you're, yeah. you're, you're a bystander or you're just, you're in it all, you're in it to win it. You're in all the way. So now let me ask you guys this, like when you wheel over to the other part, like the secondary part, you just, unless you just go plain, like, you know, I, nothing in it. 
Do you like, are you like snobby about the, no. the different kinds of milks that they offer you over there? No. Dude, do you know what I did and this sugar? morning? Do you know what I did this morning? I looked, I looked for the milk. I didn't see it right away. And so I, I didn't yep. want to look double. I'd already done two dumb things. I stood in the pickup line when I was ordering, and a girl was like, are you in line or are you picking up? And I was like, oh, I'm in line. And then I stumbled into that line. Then I said, give me the largest Americano you have because I didn't want to say yeah, the wrong one because I did that. Yep. And then I went back to the pickup line, and they were like, you got to go stand over there. So I had to screw up again and walk all the way back to where the woman was that had already made fun of me because she was – or made me feel bad. And so then I stood back in that spot, and I looked for the milk, and I didn't see it right away, and I was not going to ask a question. I was <laughs> like, I've already used up all my equity yeah. in this spot. I, I'm just going to leave and drink black coffee today and not be happy Good about it. Because oh, I, I, I don't have the First guts. day of the rest of your life. Yeah. No, it sucked. I can't believe people drink black coffee over I just love a little it. bit of milk. It's just, I it's just yeah, obviously I gotta better. I got to add a little bit. Yeah, no. got to have a little bit of milk. Here's the thing. Like, J.D., Ben's tongue after he drinks that is just like forever coffee after the rest of the day. Yeah, just like. You, <laughs> you know what it is? What, you brutal. think your milk is making no. a big difference on no. that? Like, no, yeah. no. This is what it is. First of all. It, you're, you drink it faster, like sooner, because it's like cutting down the yep. temperature big mm -hmm. time, like big time, big time, big time, big time. Two is that it tastes better. And I think yep. anybody who drinks black coffee is just trying to do it to be like, I'm tough. I drink black coffee. And you're like, yeah, but there's Buddy, a better way I don't to do, do that. It's like guys who, when they're over 25, still drink <laughs> like Bush. You know, the, you know the guy who drinks Bush beer and he shows up yeah. and he's like, get you drunk or faster. And it's like, you have a salary, bro. You don't need to do this anymore. We're not in college. Just buy a nice beer. And they Old go, you English. drink that? You drink, you drink that 4.5% stuff? Like, I'm not oh, here drinking great. the Bush. It's the same thing. It's not as good. You're just doing it because you suck at other things and you're not tough in real life. So you no, just try I to just act tough with your myself. drink. No, I'm oh, not. Listen, no one would confuse me with tough. somebody tough, right? Like, we can all no put our cards on the table. Yeah, but in your, I... family, in your family, you come home and you're, and Jessica sees no. you with your black coffee and you're like, oh, drink no. it, uh, just black. Buddy. Like, oh, Ben, so, so strong, so, so manly. Here, yeah, I want things to be as simple as possible. I no. conditioned myself to like black coffee because I wanted to. I wanted it to be easy. I didn't want to be stuck in a situation where I'm making coffee and, oh, crap. I'm out of milk, and I got to drink this black yeah, yeah. coffee, and I'm not accustomed to it. I just, I'm oh. a survivalist. And I'm like, I've oh, crap, I'm out of milk. Where will I get buddy? milk other than yeah. every five square feet from where I'm standing yeah, but that's not right my, now? It's not in my house, but no. You're not black a survivalist. I am. Yeah. You I am. are not a survivalist yes, unless you've dumped powdered creamer in your coffee. Like, I mean, that is surviving. <laughs> that no, is surviving. instant coffee. Instant coffee is a little Yeah, instant – no, instant coffee is not worse. The worst is when you work a labor job and you work in a truck and you have to stop at the gas station and the guy's like, this is the only coffee stop we get. And you go over to that gas station coffee and you pour it in that yeah. massive cup and you're, and you're like, do you guys have milks? And they're like, yeah, and those little plastic containers that have been in the sun all day. Oh, and then yeah. you pour one of those in there. And then, and then you I get back on the road. I love how we do that. And then you get back on the road, and you're sitting in the truck, and that coffee's hot, man. It's hot. And you oh, put it yeah. to your lips, and it's disgusting. And you know it's just going to be like you begging for oh, a toilet yeah. in like 30 minutes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and there's no stops. There's no stops. 
You're just gripping. You're just gripping the bar in the truck, just praying that you get to the customer's house so that you can just unload. <laughs> just, that's oh that's oh true grit. That's true grit. That's the definition of actual survivalist. Is if you drink that coffee and you need it to survive. Okay. Yeah, that's grit. All right. You guys don't know grit unless you live that life. All right. Okay. Time to move on. Speaking of grit, abs. They got it right. Like, that's what they're, we're going to remember this team for, is that they're gritty, that they're tough, that they're resilient. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Like, if they're, like, tell me I'm wrong. Like, if there's one game that they were going to win in the series, it was, that, it was last night, right? Like, that had to be the game. Like, going into that game, like, they weren't – there's no way they can get swept in the final. Like, come on. But, yeah, Jay, yeah, you're you're right. They're, they're a gritty team. They came to play. Their back end was angry. Like, have we seen them ever that angry? I don't know. It's pretty. Uh, Shea Weber taking runs. Sherrod, same old, same Lots old. Scrums. Um, yeah, I mean they were just. Yeah, they they were really desperate to you know push us to another game. And, um, I think it's just character, like you said, and grit, grit, baby. The Habs are gritty. I know they're resilient. Um, there are a lot of things that the Toronto. Some adjustments aren't. to the lineup too, right? Like some good right. adjustments and. Um, you know, I think it's crazy how it always comes back to Price and Carey and, and how he's going to, you know, has to outperform Vasilevsky at the other end. But he did. He, yeah. he played well, and especially in that first period when I was I was sitting there watching going, oh, no, like this is, this is, this is it, right? Like this is it. And then they, yeah, then they go up one nothing. Like it was like insane, right? And then the next period when Tampa was much better, uh, or Montreal was much better. Tampa ties it. I mean, it was just a, a weird game, but a, definitely a resilient push by the Habs uh, with some good adjustments, and, uh, you know, they lived to fight another day. So let's stick with the grit topic because this will be the theme now that we'll keep moving forward. But last night when it's Coleman, Goudreau, I'm thinking these are the guys that are going to get it done in a game like this, right? Yeah. It just felt that way the whole the whole way through. The power play was humming, and they're hitting crossbars, and you go, okay, man, it's it, it just felt so close. Um, but but they don't get that done, and that third line just feels so badass, and like they come up in big spots like time and time again, and I couldn't help but think last night watching them do it. Uh, another time where they're probably going to lose all those dudes. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think Coleman and Goudreau are coming back because I just don't know how they're going to make it work cap-wise. Like, even if they get, like, out from the Tyler Johnson deal, it's like, okay, but Mm -hmm. how are you still going to make this fit cap-wise? Maybe you can still bring Pat Maroon back. Actually, it's a two-year deal. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, those guys are going to want to get paid now, right? Like, they're not going to come back... This is not the uh, br- this isn't the Braden Point situation where a guy can take seven million bucks for a three year deal and know that if he wants to get paid out the following that he's going to be able to get it right. These guys need to yeah. get their one bag that they're going to get. This is their one contract. So I can't imagine that they come back to Tampa unless something wild happens. I, don't you kind of feel like they need them though? Like mm-hmm. I know we. Yeah. It, it almost felt like the narrative went too far one way where it was hey, they won a Stanley Cup because they went out and got Coleman and that they had this line and that they did have this element and that it kind of almost disrespected what they had at the top with like Hedman and, and Kucherov and Point. But now watching this cup run, I feel like we've spent so much time doing the other thing where we're talking about Vasilevsky and Hedman and all this stuff and that those guys have been contributing just like night in, night out. And I'm looking at it and yeah. saying, 
everyone who's penciling Tampa down as a dynasty, I I don't know because I think it's going to be way harder than people are like kind of letting on about replacing those guys. They're special. I think it's obvious that, like, it takes a lot of different things to win, right? Like, you have to have, obviously, high-end talent, but just how important those guys are because, you know, you go get Goodrow, you go get Coleman, and, and, you know, you get criticized for how much you gave up to get some of these guys. Um, you know, but, but it, you know, Cooper says, John Cooper says, they're the missing pieces to the puzzle. Like, this, and, and would you think that? Like, would you think when you're structuring, putting a team together and you already have all this weak talent that, like, you know, you're you're kind of thinking like, okay, like how do we make this work? And no, they go and add these these certain types of players that kind of balance their lineup and are the difference. So, yeah, they're they're that important. They're that good. How about when they were in the box last night for like that entire line? Oh, I know. Yeah, Gordon, oh. there for like six seven minutes. That whole line was just sitting. Oh, yeah. That might have been the yeah, greatest move ever for Montreal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they, yeah, you're right though. They they've just been so effective in so many different ways for for this team, and it kind of just gives them a little bit. Uh, I would say just a little bit more personality through their lineup. And how how big have their bottom guys been though? Like I know what was that Maroon's first point or first goal yeah. of the playoffs? Yeah. Um. Uh. How big was that goal? And and Matthew Joseph coming in the lineup. How what nice a of a pass was that? Oh my. What an unbelievable pass. Unreal pass. So they're getting, um, you know, good work and they're getting, you know, some some key, you know, play from a lot of their depth guys that are really important in the balance of this team. Yeah, hard to consider. This is what we always talk about, guys, with other teams too. Like, you know, it'll bring it back to the Leafs and trying to address that and bringing in some of these guys that they've brought in and how important it is to those high-end guys to balance your lineup um, and the depths of your lineup with players that provide what those guys can do because they can play rough, they can play tough, but they can contribute as well. They can kill penalties. I mean, they just do so much stuff for the team, and you can see how good it's been for Tampa. Yeah. You know what, though? This, this, this playoffs and Tampa's team in general, so many people have been focused on how they had the like way to manipulate the cap or that the, they were able to manipulate the cap going into the playoffs. And... I get it. I get why people have made it a focus of, hey, this doesn't seem fair or this doesn't seem right and blah, 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 blah. But watching Tampa has actually made me feel so pissed off that we have the salary cap the way that it is and that it's going to be flat yet another year and that the NHL just doesn't simply do what the NBA does where you can re-sign your own players and go over the cap and then pay a luxury tax down to the other teams and like why they don't have a system this way because... Tampa's a special team, and I hate the feeling yeah. of all of us having this discussion. We're never going to see a team this talented in the salary cap era again. We're never going to see another team like this. This is the best team in the salary cap era, blah, 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 that they're going to lose that special third line. Imagine if with Detroit, when they had those special teams, if it was Maltby and Draper, and the following year it was, oh, well, those guys all have to go. They can't keep them. They got to shuffle <laughs> those guys out. They just, you know, you can't have that team anymore. It's got to go. It's that's what's special, right? Those are the teams that stick out in your mind. We were talking about this the other day, how Tampa reminds me of those Colorado teams and of those Detroit teams in my lifetime where they were special, and I remember them. And I, The thing about those teams, what's so awesome, is you remember the whole roster, right? 
You remember the whole team because everybody on the team was a contributor. And I thought about the Leafs right now where they're so capped out at the top and they've got these guys and everybody's so pissed off that Marner took so much more money. And all I can think is you even you Toronto is not going to win cups with guys like Pierre Engvall. You're not going to have a Pierre Engvall memory going into a a cup final. That's not going to be a thing. (laughs) This Tampa roster, though, you can remember all the guys. And when is that ever going to happen again? And I feel as though if the league is has any brain cells that this is everyone's talking about the refs right oh the officiating is what we're going to talk about the officiating everybody's an idiot stop talking about the officiating let's talk about the salary cap and how the one cool team the one special team that has the balance down the roster that can play all kinds of different ways that has star power that has depth that has toughness is only a byproduct of being able to circumvent the stupid salary cap that ruins the league yeah, yeah, bod. He's uh, gone. No, I was gonna. I know. I was gonna do the my league cut him version. off. They were like, I know. <laughs> beep, boop. Uh, yeah, we've done this before. Like, I couldn't agree more. Obviously, you you lose an entire season battling for a hard salary cap. You're not even gonna take what is perceived as one one hundredth of a step backwards. But I gotta think for all parties involved that some sort of bird rights. Like, who does that hurt? Like, is that really enough? To, to say that all the hard work and the losing of a season it wasn't worth it because, what, now individual teams can decide to outspend others on, on their own guys, that you have something more akin to the NBA. It seems to be working for the NBA, I would say, is from an interest standpoint, but uh, well, I just I don't dude, think we're going to get there. Florida is supposed to be one of these markets we're quote-unquote protecting, right? Because, oh, little old Florida is never going to be able to draw a crowd. And how will they ever get people to come watch the ice hockey where the big guys skate around and it's cold in here? They're spending money. They're doing it. They're saying we would rather win cups and pay these guys than not. Who who are we protecting from the salary cap now? Is like Arizona just fold Arizona for God's <laughs> sakes? Like this is the stupidest thing ever. That, what Arizona is the reason why we got to have a Anaheim? Like what are we doing here? Mm. It's just over and over again. I keep coming back to the same thing with hockey, which is the cap has not been. It, it's been the worst thing for this league ever. It really has been. All the teams are flat. Nobody feels special except for this Tampa team. And why? Because they were able to get around it. Colby's back. What's up, bud? I'm back. Yeah, sorry, JD. Start talking about salary cap, and I just hung up. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it. Oh, you should have loved it. No, you former player. The players no, love the idea of a soft cap. You know yeah. what? You know what I can say too, which I think I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong, but like, I feel like fans like to get like the you know Barkley Goodrow jersey, and like they've come to appreciate and love his game, and you know, the Coleman's and these guys. And then they just, you know, they come in and they, they last a little while and then they're unable to, you know, because they're not the stars and you got to try to fit them in and they are better than maybe some of the other, you know, third-line guys. Or, or they just fit good in the team, but it's just it's impossible to keep those guys and they just kind of filter through those. It's like, if I'm a fan, I'm kind of like, it kind of stinks, right, if you like those guys. You know what I mean? Because those guys are always just kind of filtering and bouncing around at you. It's, it's even worse than that. You forgot one of the biggest things, which is, so Zach Hyman this year, right? He's a, one of the faces of the Leafs, one of the most popular guys on the team, unanimous yep. popularity rating, right? Everybody loves Zach Hyman. And yep. now the Leafs are not going to pay him because why? 
because everyone has said the same thing where they go, you can't pay Zach Hyman five and a half million. No hate to Zach Hyman. He's got to go get his money, but they can't pay Zach Hyman five and a half million. And then the conversation, and I've had it too, where I've said, I talked about with Bourne like a couple of weeks ago, show me the contracts of the guys who play his way that get that kind of money that end up living up on the deal. But the problem is, is that as soon as things go south, and if those guys don't produce points when that's not supposed to be the primary focus of their games, right? Some of them do it, right? They score yeah. that goal, but it's because they're supposed to be down the lineup. Now, all of a sudden, you've got those yeah. guys in second-line, first-line roles Dude, where they're asking you to do too much. Coleman and Goudreau. Right, and then those guys get paid. They go yeah. up lineups. They have increased expectations. They're the big free agent signing of a place. They don't score 25, 30 goals, right. and everyone says that they suck, and everybody hates on them, and they become unpopular in the new place they are with the bag. It's just it's the most... We always talk about these ways that leagues hurt their own players. In baseball, it's the way that every time they have a labor dispute, the owners will just call the players the most selfish losers who ever walked the face of the earth, and then they try to ring them back, and they're like, go win a game for us. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, you took this guy to arbitration over 10 grand, and you sewered him in front of everybody to say why he sucks, and then they, you get to keep your 10 grand in baseball, and then it's all hunky-dory, and everybody's cool. But in hockey, it's just how do you – how do you keep those guys? It's basically you have to be making the $3 million or less to stay popular. As soon as you go over that number, everybody hates you. Yeah, I've said that forever. If you want to stay in the league and you're kind of a bottom, you know, you're a third-line guy, like just make that same money. Like you just stay around forever, stay affordable, and you'll find places to be. You'll find a job. You'll find a, a way to stick around. But if you have some good years, like Hyman has had good years, and he goes and gets paid, and then they put him in the spot, and they go, oh, this isn't working out, and he's in a different place and playing with different players, and, you know, then that's what happens. That's what you see happen to other guys. Like, look at Clark. Like, I played against Clarkson. Remember when they signed him, and then Big Deal? Okay. But, man, he was playing on a line like Parise and Kovalchuk, and he was like the complimentary workhorse guy that could play, like, you know, fight, uh, and you know he gets to put into a different situation when he comes in. But you pay him that money, like he's a first line guy, and it just and then that's exactly what you're talking about, exactly, right? Yeah. Well, but you're not going to turn down the money. But no, but it's almost actually like bang on. You're not going to turn down the money. Heck no. no. Why would you? God, go get the money. Although I've always wondered with Clarkson because. No. Um, obviously, him being from here, everybody knows somebody that knows him, right? That's it. It's like everybody knows somebody that yeah. knows him here in Toronto. And by all accounts, he's like the salt, that's like a salt of the earth guy who really does love the Leafs. And I do, yeah. I have heard that like he's haunted by it, and I do hate that. Because, yeah, the guy deserved it, dude. He scored 30 goals yeah. in the NHL, and then he. Yeah, and he gets a shortened season. He comes here, it doesn't work out, and it's like, Only oh, your whole career is basically poor Phil Kessel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good team. Oh, I Good I team. Like the guy is like the guy is like heart and soul out there too. And yeah, yeah, you don't want to go that way in like your hometown, living your dream. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's like where you get put in a different spot. Like I always thought that. Like you know, like when I played against him in Jersey, he was on you know the top line, but he was like just this complimentary up and down guy. And you know, you pay him all this money, and the game changes, right? The game completely changes. Um, but, and that's going to happen to these guys too, like you said. You know, the Goudreaux, the Coleman's, you know, making it all fit. And guys will be bouncing around and guys will be getting paid. And, I mean, are they going to score 30? Are they going to score no. 30 goals? Maybe, but I don't know. again, the reason why those guys are special because they're special in a role. And the sport is about 
guys all pulling in the same direction for a team, but everybody having a specific function and having more value the further you are down yeah. the lineup. Being a special shutdown line, like being a tough line, being a scoring line, you know? Yeah. Those things are the way it's supposed to be the way that we ingest this sport. And you make it harder and harder when all these teams are supposed to fill out the bottom six with AHL guys that don't really have anything special about them, or you have to overpay dudes that can actually do it who then get forced up the lineup. And it's just it's this repetitive thing now with the sport where every team is going to be building essentially the same way, and that's why everything feels random and yep. every take old. How many hockey takes end up looking horrific? Because it's just so it it's it's even. <laughs> you th like I I thought about this too. It was like okay, every year there's a couple like actually really bad teams that can't hang in the playoffs. But I've always wondered if they just expanded the whole thing and said, okay, everybody's in except for like four teams, the four horrific teams every year. What what would happen? How many we times saw that in the bubble? Upsets? Right, we saw exactly. it in the, <laughs> the right. Montreal Canadiens were the last yeah, team in did. last year. You gotta look at it. That's right. Yeah, yeah Vancouver. Yeah, no, brutal, brutal, brutal. What are brutal. we gonna see? What are we gonna see next game, boys? What are we gonna see next game? Tampa beatdown. Is this the Tampa mayor? Did she, is she going to get what she wants? Dude, she already Tampa did. Mayor like, everyone's dunking on her now for some reason. That's what she wanted. She wanted yeah. the, the Lightning to outplay them but lose <laughs> yeah. in overtime and then return yeah, home for, to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you're probably sweating bullets now, Tampa Mary. She's like, no, didn't – like, you have reading comprehension or listening yeah. comprehension? You don't understand <laughs> yeah. what I – this is – I got exactly yeah. what I wanted. Yeah. Now, if we lose she tomorrow, now yeah. you can you, – now it's like you're bringing down the backboard, dunking on my head. But at this point – I got yeah, everything down, yeah. I wanted. <laughs> no dunking. Yeah. Um, it's always like everyone goes right. It's always like, oh, don't give them life. You don't want to give them life, and I, you know, I get it. But Tampa's a pretty special too. You know, like, yeah. I think the. Do you think the mayor's going to come out looking pretty good here? <laughs> yeah, I think I she'll be fine. I think she'll the mayor's going to be all right. But I, I won't okay. say it publicly because I cannot speak ill of this Montreal Canadiens team because they make you eat it time. No, time I know. Again, they make us look dumb every time. Hey, hey, make us look dumb. Make the Olympics, because it doesn't look like the NHLers are going. So it's another chance. Are you chance going now? Are we doing Olympic this again? Colby. Like, yeah, Olympic Colby. You got time. Now, this yeah, isn't just getting sprung on you now. I saw you at Kess's house. I'm you know, you're trying to shoot pucks into the ocean or to the lake. Yeah, Ben thinks <laughs> the it's ocean. the ocean. Yeah, the, <laughs> and, okay, hand up. Dumbest thing no, that I've done. No is just assume that Kess's house was in California on the Pacific yeah. Ocean because I just assumed. And, but, and I wasn't really closely paying attention to the show. And then JD's like, yeah, hey, Dumbo, like clearly that's on a lake in like Michigan or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I got to get back out there again. It was awesome. What a nice setup. I got to get back out there. Mm. But, yeah, okay, boys, that's it. I'm... Uh, official no i'm gonna go for the olympics again all right let's do it let's do, let's it, do it you can do it buddy we believe It'll in be you. 39 sponsored by oh. good chill yeah <laughs> yeah that's right train with us <laughs> see you buddy thanks for doing it get a sticker on my helmet let's put a yeah. sticker on my helmet uh, we will sure the see you, i'm sure the ioc will allow that those probably those <laughs> seem like <cool> guys <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Easy yeah, breezy, tough. dudes. IOC. <laughs> yeah, everybody's cool. All right, buddy. Talk to you. All right. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Bye-bye. Colby Armstrong getting ready to go to the Olympics. His Olympic dream 
is very much alive. The past 24 hours have not been kind to me. It's been well documented on the show by now. Power goes out during the Stanley Cup Finals. Got to watch it on my phone. I, I, st- I don't think I have power still. I still don't think I have it. Blown fuse. Why would you? Yeah, you haven't replaced the fuse. Habs win. Ruined my good joke on Twitter. <laughs> Just dragging this morning, having a tough go get exposed for a non-star or, or sorry sun dollars person uh in the in the lineup look like a goof look like a fool and now um well two things now one i just found out that my haircut got bumped Ooh, yeah. what like all the way out of the day or yeah. like back N- to midnight uh, tonight uh, uh <laughs> not just out of the day sir oh, out, no, of, no. out of the next two days wait uh, well, the only other option, uh, that's what, the guy double booked. I'm the person who has to eat it, apparently. Because what are you supposed to say to hairdressers and barbers and anybody right now? They own you. Like, yeah. Yeah. you have no power. If there's a yeah. power dynamic right now, you know what they do? is so like, what's the power dynamic? The power dynamic between you and your hairdresser right now is they say anything to you and you do it. They're like, eat off the ground. And you're like, yeah, okay, does this help? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, it couldn't like, hurt. Yeah. <laughs> they spit on it, and you just like, oh, have another? And that's it. you got to keep doing it. The second part of this equation is um, our next guest, who twisted the knife. And we already got enough people who said it was all our fault that the Leafs lost. And I accept part of the blame. I don't accept all of the blame because they're choking losers who have lost since 1967. They now own the longest streak uh, in the history of the game of losing. So congratulations to them. Let's give it a round of applause for the Leafs. But now Julian McKenzie basically took to Twitter to blame us even more, being like, hey, not only are you guys cursing the Leafs, you're good luck for the Habs, and he joins us now. What's up, man? Oh, I didn't realize that uh, I, I was twisting a knife in there. I just thought it was very funny to point out the two circumstances. But it's good to hear that you guys are both uh, coping with this very well. Oh, it's hurting. It's hurting a lot. This is it. It's like, I, <laughs> I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to pretend. I, I, I'm I, already doing the thing where I have these uh, defense mechanisms of if the Habs win, I'm happy for Carey Price, and I'm happy for Shea Weber, and I'm happy for Brennan Gallagher, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm, uh, I'm going to – you, you want to see a guy do a, fa- a twist? I'm going to pull the immediate, like, so happy for a city that cares about hockey to win if they pull this off, and then just go hide in a cave for, I don't know, four or five years uh, <laughs> until it's safe to come out again, maybe. I don't know. But this is my only hope right now is that Montreal fans have hope, that there's something to be extinguished and that this is something that is now built that last night. Because the whole story leading into this thing is people going to the building are kind of like you got to go support the team. People around the city were kind of feeling down and out about this. But now I feel like you just get one of those wins and everybody's back on the wagon. Yeah, like, it only takes one because yeah. the Montreal Canadiens have just shown throughout this postseason, not just against the Leafs, but against the Knights, too, that even when it seems like they're down, you kind of have to give them the benefit of the doubt and think that they could come up because they've shown that they've been able to smother the opposition they've played against, offensively speaking, and that they've been able to get good, good goaltending when it matters. It's just that the first three games in this series – 
it's just been a bit of a surprise. I mean, Tampa Bay Lightning are really good. They're, they're the best team in hockey, and they've proven to, to, to everyone that they have everything when it comes to forward, defense, and goaltending. But because of what the Canadians have been able to do in the postseason, it is a bit of a surprise to put themselves in this 3-0 hole. But they made some coaching changes, or at least some lineup changes for Game three, for Game 4. They worked, at least to, to kind of give them life for, for another day. So, yeah, I think for for fans, I, I completely understand. Obviously, you want more hope. But I also just think for, for entertainment value. Because remember, there's a lot of neutrals who are watching the Stanley Cup final, and they're ready to say, man, this is like the worst final I've seen in how many years? Is it sweep or whatever? Look, I don't know if the Canadians are going to be able to come back, but I know it'll be entertaining for everybody. I'm sure for Sportsnet as well, hearing these games, uh, if the Canadians find a oh, way yeah. to win game five. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's the one, that's the one mm-hmm. thing. My, I have a stupid thing in my brain that's like, the ratings are good, which means yeah. I can't get fired because they're getting more money, right? That's right. Oh that's how God. this works. They all have Roger stock. That's right. <laughs> even though yeah. they're, they're the Don Draper, the executives are like, I don't think about you at all. I don't even yeah. know who you are. And also, yeah. um, you're relevant. You, and <laughs> oh, wait, you wait. You, who are you? You're on the Ross. You're gone. Are you cell you know? phones? Yeah, you're <laughs> irrelevant. You're not important to the stock price. You're, you're yeah. not cell phones. Yeah. yeah, you're not cell towers. Are you Ignite? <laughs> what do you do, Raja? Yeah, we still do that, eh? Cool, uh, neat. Uh, so we had this conversation yesterday about Carey Price, and I couldn't get Game Two out of my head. And yes, the, the the Tampa Bay Lightning are obviously the superior team, and I think even in that game they had the better underlying stats. I mean, not in the shot attempts, five on five, and Montreal Canadiens played super well. How much does that game like stick out to you when you're looking at the series in three one and like you 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 play so well coming off that game one and you can rewrite the the Vegas series after losing four one in that game one and then bouncing back in game two? I can't help but think about game two being the the whole hinge point of this entire series. I'll focus it a little better for you. It's the second period of that game two. I think if if the Tampa Bay Lightning win whatever it's game five or game six or game seven whatever. For Canadians fans, at least for people watching the team, at least for me, I will always go back to the second period of that game, too. The Canadians were playing very well. They were dominating the, the course of play. They got a goal in that period, and it looked as if that they were going to come out of that period with a 1-1 tie. And if you are entering a third period with a bunch of momentum on the road, when the Canadians have, have played in these positions before, they're in a much different position as opposed to being down 2-1. And then lo and behold, Blake Coleman pulls off his best Clark Kent impersonation and scores that goal with seconds left on the clock to make it 2-1 for Tampa. It was a situation where Tampa probably didn't deserve to be in the lead, but they found a way to do it. And I think it just it's a bit of a microcosm of this series and the fact that no matter what the Montreal Canadiens try to do, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are always going to be there and the Canadians can't afford to make mistakes. I think that goal, I mean, came off of a turnover. And then most of the goals that the Canadians have allowed in this series to the Tampa Bay Lightning have come as a direct result of them making mistakes, mishandling the puck in the neutral zone, mishandling the puck in the offensive zone, and the Lightning have just been able to strike quickly and make those mistakes pay deeply for this team. So, yeah, I, I look back at the second period of that game, too, uh, as a bit of a microcosm for how this series has gone so far. But, hey, if the Canadians win game five and game six, maybe that changes a little bit. 
Yeah, and you know what? Carey Price is due to just run off a couple of games here where he steals a couple. You mentioned the the changes Dom Ducharme had yesterday. Uh, I I mean, Romanov scores, so that's impactful, but there's a difference between the third pairing and you know, getting your top line a different look. And Josh Anderson responds with a couple of goals. Have they really found something now putting him with Suzuki and Caulfield? I, I, I think if you're Dom Ducharme, you have to hope so. The thing is, is like Josh Anderson, I think he's had himself a good playoff. So maybe he doesn't necessarily have all the bunches of goals that you might expect from a player like him. But in almost every game, he's skating hard, he's forechecking, he's crashing to the net. And, and on both occasions that he scored in game four, uh, this style of play kind of worked out for him. And, and, and working with, with guys like Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, both those guys getting points off of, off of uh, Josh Anderson goals. I think there's something to be said, at least in the short term, uh, that something is there with those three guys. But I'm also thinking of that top line as well, where they threw on Tyler Toffoli with Brennan Gallagher and, and Phil Deneau. If there's one guy I think the Canadians really need to have go in game five with Tyler Toffoli. This is a guy who hasn't, who's pointless in his last five games. I was talking with a colleague from the Montreal Gazette and he's saying he's a minus six. You know, like Tyler Toffoli is a guy who they brought in to score goals and he hasn't done that yet for this Montreal Canadiens team in the Stanley Cup final. They're going to need him to get going in, in game five, but at least the Canadians can say that the Anderson-Suzuki-Caulfield line could be a step in the right direction. I've thought the same thing where I can't remember a time where he even felt threatening in this series, where there's been a moment that I thought, oh, man, that was a really great shift for Toffoli, or, like, I really noticed him. And, yeah, that's not a, that's not a good thing. And I, I was thinking about that last night in terms of, or heading into the game of Montreal loses, fans are still going to be pissed, and who wears the goat horns? So I'm guessing that it, it would have been him. I mean, I don't know if it's, it's kind of weird, right? Because the Canadians cut as far as they did. Yeah. And, you know, they did all the success or whatever. I don't know if all the goat horns would go to Foley. I think they'd sooner go to Dominic Ducharme, if anything, because, of you know, if they lost that game, then you're thinking, okay, wow, you put you made all these coaching decisions. You finally put Alexander Romanov in, but it was too late for you to do so. You scratch his Barry cock and Yemi for whatever reason, even though he hasn't necessarily had a good series. People were going to dunk on him for that. I saw someone on Twitter share a petition going around for people to get, for, for the case to get Yasmeri Kapanyeti back in the lineup. I don't think it got that many signatures, but people were very pissed at the, uh, at the Canadians for, for having that happen. Also, uh, over the weekend, they, when they had practice, there was like a second power play unit uh, that had like Josh Anderson, Brennan Gallagher, Shea Weber, Eric Stahl, Yoler. We got to see them in game four, and they didn't look half bad. But, you know, if they allowed a shorthanded goal, that's another thing that would have gone against Dominic Ducharme. So Tyler Toffoli definitely would have gotten uh, – he definitely would have been looked at as a guy who needed to step up. But I think the very first guy the Canadians, at least Canadian fans probably look at uh, to wear, like, the goat horns or however that expression works uh, is probably – I'm not Dominic even confident Ducharme. I got it right. I'm, I'm really That's okay. Right. That's, that's okay. Right. I Look, I mess up the English language every day. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, the Kaka and Yemi thing caught me a bit by surprise, and mostly because um, I didn't know who outside of Brennan Gallagher was really playing all that well for Montreal for the, through the first few games. And so for him to kind of have to wear it that way, where they put him back with the, you know, uh, they put him back with the Black Aces, and um, he's not in this game. And 
I always look at it from our market standpoints, right? Where it's big and there's a ton of attention to these things and how people uh, receive these things. And you've said it, that fans seem to be a little surprised too. How is Kakanyemi's what, 21? He's 22? I believe it's 21 today. It's his birthday. Either yesterday or today's his birthday. Well, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Kakanyemi. I always do wonder how a narrative plays out from something like this. Like if he doesn't play again in the Stanley Cup playoffs, even in a sport like hockey, um, how that resonates with guys even at that age. Because that's a tough one, man, where like the coaching staff basically tells you we think you are the biggest problem on a team that's down 0-3 in these big games and you're that age. I mean, is it fair to say – I mean, look, I know you're, you're, we're kind of just gesticulating here. I don't know if that's necessarily the Canadians are saying or I don't necessarily get that feel. I also wonder if context is everything. It's one thing if – you are a 20-year-old kid, you're the number three overall pick, and you're not playing a regular season game or stretches of a regular season game, you're not good enough. That's regular season. In the postseason, fine, those games matter more. This is a Stanley Cup final. I wonder, as a young player, or just as anyone, in a moment like that, where maybe you're not necessarily playing as well, but you know your team needs something to get themselves going in the ultimate series possible, if you, you put that aside, because... Isvera Kakanyemi, save for, I guess, his performances in the Stanley Cup final, I think he's had a good playoff. He's been able to produce yeah. at different points. There are nights where he's the team's best centerman in the faceoff circle. Like, we're not talking about a guy who's had, like, a really bad postseason and culminating in, 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 in getting scratched. And we have to be like, oh, wow, what's his future going to be with the organization? Which, I guess, you know, in, in the business of hockey, that's always going to be a question with any player. But this isn't a guy who's coming off a bad postseason. This is a guy who's had a stretch of games which haven't really necessarily gone his way. And the Canadians needed to make a change somewhere in their lineup. And he unfortunately had to be the guy. And for game four, at least it worked. Yeah, it's funny because uh, I was when Kakanyemi came back. In, back in the days when, as a Leafs fan, you could say something about the Habs. That was disparaging. Um, I was saying how the Kachuk over Kot- or behind Kakanyemi is going to go down as an all-time bad one. Then he's kind of ripping off playoff stats, and every Habs fan is in my mentions and, and my friends texting me being like, he's clutching the playoffs, he's a big game player, and then he gets scratched in this one, and I'm kind of at this spot where I'm like, well, which is it? Okay, so we're not – the one thing we're doing different from the last time you were on is – it's not over. It's very. We're gonna go the opposite way. Habs are right in this thing. They're right there. I gave them the cup on Twitter yesterday. They could come back. They could storm all the way. In fact, I think that they're probably favored now. The way that I would look at it. And yeah. here's here's the biggest win-win. If you're the Montreal Canadiens and their fans, there's this thing running around Twitter right now. And this is from a guy named Aaron Rand. He tweeted: If the Canadians end up losing to Tampa, a suggestion has been made that we hold a Stanley Cup parade anyway. As a salute to the team for a great season where they almost no, won the cup. No, no, Basically no. Basically the equivalent. No. Oh, I, yeah. I need to stop you there, my brother. I need to stop you there. I know Aaron Rand. I know he works at the at a station here in Montreal. Uh, I'm not sure who made that suggestion. I'm not sure who put that out there. No, I'm not no. Don't say it's <laughs> fake. Don't right? say it's fake. No, here's, here's the thing, right? Like, we have a problem on the internet where someone will make a dumb comment, like one person will do it. And then because of the way the news cycle works, like 
because we're starved for finding something to make a bigger deal out of, we're just like, oh, wow, that's weird. And then enough people start talking about it. And then what ends up happening sometimes is instead of just like, oh, you have a debate between back and forth people about, oh, what's happening? You just start seeing a whole bunch of people say, yeah, someone suggested this. Yeah, who suggested this? What's going on here? Man, I don't know about this idea. And then everyone gets mad for no reason. There's no way in hell that this is going to happen. Dude, dude, I asked someone from the city at the beginning of this series if they were even going to have a parade, if they were going to win. They couldn't even answer me with that. So you mean to tell me the Canadians don't even, so the city of Montreal doesn't even know with COVID and everything going on, they don't know if they could, what their plans are for having a parade if they win. You mean to tell me there's going to be something if they lose? Are you serious? Uh, it's giving I me think life. you protest a little too life. much. Is what I hear <laughs> Where there. is this? Like, you're a little defensive about your. JC, come on. Yeah. JC, look, here's the thing. This is the second time I've been on your show. This yeah. is the second time. I've seen you on Twitter. You're a good yeah. dude. Ben, I don't I don't talk to you as much as JD. I trust your good dude. I know you guys are smart. He's not. I know you guys, you guys know this is a bad idea. Mm. Could you imagine if Toronto did this? No, it's, it's, here's the thing. Something Toronto should do this. Toronto should do this because this is all we're ever going to have. Wouldn't that be terrible? No, Toronto uh, should do it. We had John Tavares Day because they booed him oh, once yeah. on the road. We had John Tavares Day. This would usurp that. Ooh. would make that look like a peanut. But, yeah, we're no. still oh living that God. one down. No, just do the fake parade for people because that's what we have. Is like, what was that movie? There was a movie with uh, Michael Myers, Love Guru, where the oh, Leafs win the cup. Yeah, Leafs yeah. win the cup in that, and it's like we should celebrate the cup from that movie because that was the yeah. closest we're ever getting. <laughs> That's the closest that we'll ever get. Here. A Leafs jersey. That's it. I don't like whatever. I don't care what we celebrate now because nothing's meaningful at all. Like I'm totally a hockey nihilist now. It's like nothing matters. It's like whatever. It's all gonna be bad. Uh, I can't imagine how this turns out. I'm just gonna. I need this one little thing. I, and I need to believe okay. it to be true. And I, maybe I'm going to go on Twitter and add to the fuel Dude, to the fire where it's like, I am also all hearing this. Lee and fan, you know what? Salt has to do that. No. Retweet, the, the, the play. Share. No. The play is to actually be like, in, here in North America, we only celebrate one winner, and that's wrong. We should celebrate more than one winner, and that's the way. <laughs> and start in, putting it that way, like kind of shaming anybody who thinks that a loser parade is a bad idea, and that's yeah. how you get the momentum on social media, baby. That's how you 2021, do it. 2021, yeah. you're exactly right. Yeah, like oh anyone who God. thinks that this is a bad idea you're a bad person. is a, is a meanie who <laughs> hey, hates listen, fun. We've yeah. lived through so much over the last <laughs> yeah. year and a half. Yeah. You're going to tell people that yeah. they shouldn't celebrate, which is an incredible accomplishment yeah. to win wow. three rounds of the playoffs and then win a game against yeah. one of the greatest yeah. franchise in the recent history of the National Hockey okay. League? Hold You're on, a hold jerk. On, yep. Hold on, yeah. hold on. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 it's those people, it's those people, like, if we're talking if Vegas did this, or if the yeah. Seattle Kraken did this, then yeah, we're talking about the most illustrious franchise in hockey, and one of the most illustrious in sport. Like, you know, everyone's, at the beginning of the series, at least the game three, uh, people noticed there was like a banner for, for the final, just, you know, commemorating the fact that it's a banner. And people were already getting mad about that. They're like, oh, this city's not a place that hangs up banners for stuff like this. But this isn't Nashville, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, this, that's not going to happen. Uh, Sergeyev should uh, return to Montreal with the cup and be like, hey, guys, I brought it back, you know? <laughs> you should do the Ray Bork. You should do Ray Bork. I think, yeah, yeah. And he'll bring it to the, to the, the loser fake parade. Yeah. I mean, sorry, the... Runners up, the second winner, the second winner parade, the number two winner, hooray!
bringing people together post-COVID. We need ways back, and this parade is something that we all need right now, positivity. If you're against positivity, you're negative, so that's the way it is. That's how the internet works. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't realize you were a jerk, Julian. You seem like a nice guy. You you seem like the nice guy, yeah. You seem smart and nice. (laughs) We're all all learning things about one another today, it would seem. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, buddy, this is great. And, yeah, uh, once you guys win, because you definitely will, there's nothing that can stop it. We'll have you back on. We'll do this again. Okay. uh, Keep me posted, and uh, take care of yourself, guys. See you, You too, buddy. Julian McKenzie of The Athletic. Um, Headman for this upcoming parade. Uh, Honestly, Mm -hmm. I I had forgotten about the John Tavares Day thing, and I'm sorry for bringing it back up. Everybody that had had, you know, enough to drink to erase the memory of that thing, where John (laughs) Tavares, you know, he he was sad because he went to his old barn and got booed, and his team was, uh, yeah, we we understood the, the, the... I don't uh, want to talk. Do the you need to dunk on team. the Leafs again with things that? that, that <laughs> no, I'm just don't... saying we can make it go away. This no. is in your control, Leaf fans. Promote no. the idea of this, uh, the runner-up parade. I love it. It's a great idea. People of Boston celebrated around Ray Bork before they won their cup because he brought it back home. You guys did an incredible job getting to a finals and winning a game. Congratulations. Enjoy your parade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Enjoy your haircut next week. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. You're a dick. (laughs) See you tomorrow. Bye.